0: Hello, and welcome to The Potential State. My name is Dr. Assel Romanelli, and I'm coming to you today from Boston in the United States. I want to talk today about being open-minded and open-eyed. Our brain is hardwired to see differences. It's a survival mechanism developed over 2 million years. So it's trying to see differences, to, to recognize dangers and threats, what's Different in what I'm seeing right now. And at the same time, it's also hardwired to see um, similarities and to categorize things. All flat surfaces with four legs are tables, right? So it's generalizing, so I don't have to, every time I see a table, to think, what is that? So this combination of seeing differences and general generalities creates prejudices and stereotypes. Stereotypes oversimplified general, generalized ideas about certain people groups individuals race color sexual orientation sexual identity you know ethnicity etc prejudices are prejudgment mostly emotional feelings or reactions to people okay but i'm going to actually treat them as the same now both prejudices and stereotypes can be positive as well not just negative um, the negatives are obvious, but like a positive stereotype is women are more sensitive than men. Okay? Women have a higher threshold of pain. Okay? And a positive prejudice could be, um, which also depends on how you're socialized, is grandparents or elderly people are always nice. Grandparents that are still together love each other and always love their grandkids. Parents always love their kids. So these generalizations, these prejudices and stereotypes are inevitable, and we can't fight them. And in today's world, we all want to have radical acceptance. Most of us do not want to perceive ourselves or others to perceive us as racist, xenophobes, you know, misogynists, closed-minded racists, or judgmental people. And yet, it's always there, whether we want to or not. We call this the third. So, in every interaction, there's me, there's the other, there's the third. The third is a, it could be a cultural third, it could be a gender third. It's a, it's an objective thing that is there between us inside the interaction. And we cannot ignore that third. Whether we want to or not, the fact that I am a man, okay, the fact that I am Israeli, the fact that I am white, all these things are part of the conversation. I can't ignore them, I can't erase them. That's who I am, right? So, instead of trying to delete them, I need to own them. I need to own them and say, yes, that is part of what I am. That's how I see the world. That's how I grew up. I'm Jewish. Okay. That's another third that's there when I'm talking to, whether it's I'm talking to another Jew or just just someone who's not Jewish. That is a third that is there. And part of owning your shit is also recognizing that there's a third and to address that. And I want to give a few examples of how I've, I was, I'm trying to deal with this idea with these thirdness of race, color, sexual orientation, lifestyle and such, sometimes successfully and mostly not successfully. And I think there's something to learn there. And in the end, I will give some practical tips on how you can do that. How can you keep your mind open and also your eyes open? And the first example is a few years ago, I was working with a couple and he, they both said that she doesn't, you know, she takes up a lot of space and her husband is threatened by that, and that sometimes when she speaks too much, he um he kind of gives her a look or gives a little little nudge under the table with his leg. And something about that felt wrong. I couldn't really explain why, but something there didn't sit right. And we ended up pausing the therapy because they gave birth. And I said to myself, only after the the therapy ended, is like that's abuse. There was domestic abuse there. And I didn't see it i didn't want to see it because i wanted to seem open-minded and respectful and not too like anal and judgmental i was going with them because they both said it's fine that wasn't the issue that wasn't the reason they came to therapy and something about me was trying to be so accept- accepting of their narrative and not to judge them and say if that's not the problem problem something else then i shouldn't say anything about that but after they left, i said i i felt like i I did wrong there, and I was hoping that they would come back. And they came back a year and a half later, again on a different topic, and I said, I have to tell you something. I know you guys think this is okay, but I am seeing this as a a form of abuse. And the second I said that, something happened within the dynamic. They both recognized that it was there. And that kind of created a rupture between me and them, but between them mostly, and that kind of snowballed into a whole new awakening for them as a couple, for her, for him, and that word abuse suddenly was part of that dialogue. And I had to let go of my this radical acceptance of their narrative because, again, they both said that's fine. But for me, something registered is wrong. Also, another example, uh, a couple calls me and they want couples therapy and they're in a poly- polyamoric relationship, which means they, they can be sexually active with other partners. And they ask me, are you okay with that? So, of course, I'm gonna say I'm okay with that. I don't wanna see if like, I'm closed-minded or, 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 or old-fashioned. And I said, of course, even though I personally have never practiced that. And as we started doing the therapy, I felt like that it was a third of this polyamoric idea was there and I didn't know how to relate to it and I wanted to seem very accepting, so we didn't really talk about it. It only took us two or three months that I realized, wait, let's talk about this because beyond that being a lifestyle choice, that is an exit strategy of the wife. And I said, is it okay that I talk, we talk about this? And I don't want you guys to feel like I'm judging you guys for this lifestyle, but I want to talk about the specific reason behind your choice for that. And I felt like once I could say that, the whole interaction went up a notch because suddenly I wasn't afraid. There wasn't a whole area. There wasn't this third that I was ignoring or running away from. Or another example, uh, comes, uh, a trio comes to me for couples therapy. It's one man living with two women. And once again, they asked me, are you okay with that? And I was like, of course I'm okay with that, even though I've never lived with a trio. I don't know that. It's very untraditional. It's not not something I see a lot. It's not something I meet. I've never actually worked with a trio before. And I was really trying to be number blind, if you wish. Two, three, what does it matter? It's radical acceptance. But I was feeling like inherent in this trio was this anger, was this passive aggressiveness of the two women toward the men because the the numbers weren't even. He gets two and they get one. And after, again, it took me a few months, and then I said, do you mind if I, I just want to say something. I approve of different types of relationships, but in this specific scenario, the trio is not working. It's not working. And I said, can I say this? And they said, of course you will. I said, but I always want to say this out loud. I want to liberate myself from this blind spot, from this thirdness that I was trying to ignore or not act upon or seem like I can't even see that I'm number blind. And for me, that was a big, big step trying to liberate myself. And I felt finally that once I could own it, own the third that was hovering here, that there are three and not two, and that is different, and that is not what I'm used to, but I can use it now as part of my, I can, I can open up my eyes again and see, see certain realities that are true, whether you're two or three or 10. When someone is angry and passive aggressive, it doesn't matter if they're in, in, a, in a pair or in three or four. And I want to give like a different example from a different area. I saw an elderly couple. They were a loving elderly couple, white right hair, and that I have all the positive prejudices. Oh, they're so sweet. And they come in and, and their story is that the grandpa is very strict and the grandma's all loving, all sweet and bubbles, and loving and she's trying so hard and everybody loves her. And then it took me like half an hour this time because I was more cooked and I said, wait, what is she gaining from this dance? And I allowed myself for the first time to really challenge the archetypal, positive image I had of grandmas, of grandmothers that are always nice and loving. And I called her on it and I said, what are you gaining from this? What are you gaining from the fact that your husband is the bad guy and you're the saint one? And the truth is she was very happy that I went there and her husband said yes. And all three of us could finally liberate her and him from these very rigid roles that we're both stuck in. And I feel like I, I wouldn't be able to do that. If I wouldn't be able to clock my own prejudices that when I see a grandmother, I always assume she's benevolent, she's loving, she only has positive intentions. She has no, no negative feelings, nothing, no shadow. And I want to give now two examples where I was consciously trying to do things differently based on all these other moments where I wasn't owning the third, where I was trying to be radically accepting. So a while back, a gay couple came to me, two men, and they came, and in the first session, they said, have you ever worked with a gay couple? And I said, no, I didn't. And then they said, uh, are you familiar with, with LGBTQ um, psychothera- psychotherapeutic theory and techniques? And I said, no, I'm not. I do not know that. But I said to them, but what I do know is couple therapy. And what I do know is to see certain dynamics. But then I, and then I said, but please, just because I never did that before, please let me know if you see that I am going blind, if I'm not seeing certain things or if I'm avoiding certain topics. And then I specifically named sex and kids because I was thinking those are the two areas where I'm the most respectful slash hesitant slash blind spot slash the third is very clear to me there and I didn't want to come close to it. And I said, please let me know. And if you see that I'm not talking about it and if you see that I'm very eggshelling it around it, please let me know. Because I couldn't, I couldn't erase the fact that I'm straight and I'm not gay, and I don't know how it is to be a gay man. I don't know. I really don't know. But that does not mean I cannot see certain things. It doesn't mean I can't work with them. It just means that I I can't ignore that either. I want to name it. I want to own it. And then I want us to have a contract where we can talk about this. And and the last example I want to give in that connection, was a workshop I was doing a while back, and there was a person there whose preferred pronouns was they, them. Her appearance was was more feminine, but that was their preferred pronouns. Now, in Israel, we don't really have like preferred pronouns. are just starting to come in now, so it's not something I'm used to. Now, usually when someone has, when in the past, with preferred pronouns, I kind of shy away from that because I, I was afraid of making that mistake of saying she or he, and, and I didn't want to offend. But this time, I was like, no, I'm, I want to stay in the heat. I want to go into there. I know that's something I need to get used to. It's different. I don't know how to treat it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna so I I consciously um worked with her. Get, I, I volunteered, we did certain uh, examples together, and after a while a different participant came and said, Um you're calling her her in that day and not they and them. And there was a moment where I said, Oh I fell for that once again. And I didn't really know what to do. But then it became clear to me after the workshop was over, I came up to her and I said, Listen, I wanna say something about that. You need to realize that I'm not used to the they, them, and I need your help. And then they immediately said, no, it's fine. I said, no, it's not fine. It's important to you, and I want to respect that. But you need to realize that I'm not used to that. So please let me know. If you see that I'm going back to uh, gender-specific pronouns, let me know. And if you see that it's disturbing the process, if you see that I'm not working with you, if you see that I'm avoiding you, if you see... That it's making you uncomfortable into a state where you feel like you you can't receive my content and let me know. So for me, this was the best I could do to own the thirdness. To own my prejudice slash stereotype slash unfamiliarity. And instead of avoiding it, and instead of trying to be blind to it, which is impossible, I want to step into it. I want it to be open. I want to own it. And I want to say that I want to be in an interaction like this and help me. But I'm also going to say just because that's your preferred pronouns, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be just as um, sharp with my eyes for good and for bad. Just like that grandmother, just because she's a sweet grandma doesn't mean I'm not going to be with my clear eyes, seeing, seeing the shadow, seeing the strength. So the idea is not radical acceptance of everything. It's a fuller perception and ownership of prejudices, stereotypes, blind spots. That's the direction forward because you cannot radically accept everything because that's not how we're hardwired. You can you can aspire to that, but the first step is own it. Own it. And I want to say two or three small tips is the first one is accept the fact that you are not colorblind, raceblind, sexual orientation, but you are not blind. You see all these things. That's Your brain sees it and your brain categorizes, differentiates, and generalizes. And that combination okay, is going to, Unavoidably create all these categories in your mind. So first, accept. That's the reality. The second phase is ownership. Own it. Own it. Recognize the places. And for each one of us, we have different sensitivities, different places where where we feel that we're kind of avoiding. Whether it's race, gender, ethnicity, sexual preferences, um, dietary restriction, dietary preferences, you name it. Once we recognize that, don't be afraid to talk so own it first of all to yourself and then have that in communication have that as part of the contract part of the rapport part of the dynamic with that with that person or that group and say i'm not used to this i don't really know how this works i want to work with you i want to see you i want to bring my authentic self and they were going to and they're and accept the fact there's going to be ruptures about it because i'm not avoiding you because because of the, your differences or because of my fear of my own prejudices or my own stereotypes. In fact, I'm going to step into it. I'm going to get to know you. There are going to be tons of ruptures here between us, but I'm going to keep my eyes open and so are you and call me on it. And I'm sorry if you're going to be offended, but this relationship is more important to me than being uh, PC or being seen as, as radically accepting of everything. So, the move from radical acceptance to a fuller ownership, ownership and a verbalization of that, I feel will bring us to a direction where we bring us to environments will bring us to relationships where we can interact in all the different parts of ourselves. And in fact, as we're working on these prejudices and stepping into them and having tons of ruptures and repairs, ruptures and repairs, we're actually cleaning the filters. We're cleaning up our eyes and those blind spots get smaller smaller. And our avoidances of certain topics and and taboos get smaller and we are more free to be ourselves, to be differentiated with people that are very different than us. And actually we can serve them better. We can be more authentic in a world that is very, very varied. And I hope all of this will give you the courage next time you, 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 you encounter a prejudice or a stereotype that you're afraid of talking or afraid of tackling or you're embarrassed about to open it up not apologize for it, own it, and have that as part of a realistic part of your relationship. My name is Dr. Arcel Romanelli, and this was The Potential State. I'll see you next time.